Uh, welcome to the Volvo Group press conference on the first quarter. My name is uh, Christy Johansson, heading up Investor Relations. Uh, with me, we have, as usual, our CEO, Martin Lundstedt, and for the first time, our new CFO, Tina Hultqvist. We will do as usual. We'll start off with a presentation, followed by a Q&A session. And with that, over to you, Martin. Thank you, Christer. And uh, also from um, uh, my side, then, uh, a big welcome to this first quarter business update from, from our side. And also, as Christer said, I'm really glad to have Tina also with me for the first time as our new group CFO. Uh, it has been a strong uh, first quarter. Uh, but before coming into the business update, uh, let me start with the ongoing war in Ukraine. Ukraine. That is, of course, uh, devastating, and my thoughts go out to everyone who is suffering. We are doing in the group, uh, among colleagues, what we can to support colleagues in the region, families, communities, customers and business partners that are affected by the war. There are many examples of our colleagues in the group in and around Ukraine going above and beyond expectations to support victims of this humanitarian catastrophe. And we really appreciate all the dedicated efforts done. Since the war started uh, and sanctions were imposed, uh, all production, sales and services in Russia have been suspended. We are continuously now assessing the situation to protect people and assets to the extent possible. Outside of Ukraine in the first quarter, uh, the economic activity continued to be good with high transport and construction activities in most markets. Demand continued to be larger than supply, and in such times, uh, and we have seen that now for a while, so in such times it is important to keep discipline in the order book management, and we will talk more about the balance between order intake, order book, and deliveries in this presentation today. But the bottom line is clear. Order books are more than full, they are healthy, and activity levels among customers are high. Again, this quarter also, uh, the whole organization have been doing a great job by working closely both with customers, uh, but also with our supply chain partners, and thereby riding out many of the challenges we and the whole industry are faced with. I'm very proud to say that the group trucks in this quarter delivered record volumes, record sales, and record adjusted income for the first quarter despite all challenges, and making us as a group continue to maneuver of a position of strength also into the future. As regards the quarterly highlights then, top line grew to 105 billion Swedish crowns, and adjusted for the unit trucks divestment and for currency, uh, the net sales growth was 11%. We delivered an adjusted operating income of uh, 12.7 billion, and then adjusted uh, operating margin of 12%. Despite our conscious decision to run uh, manufacturing with extra flexibility and thereby also extra costs, as well as a couple of uh, stop weeks uh, due to uh, disturbances in quarter one. Operating cash flow was negative in this normally uh, weak uh, seasonal quarter, uh, but Tina will come back to explain uh, as normal also uh, the reason behind that. Return on capital employed uh, in industrial operations increased to 25.3%. And we still see that supply chain constraints remains and visibility going forward is low. But we have also shown that we are uh, working with the right type of metho methodologies in, in the organization to continue to mitigate the situation. So, albeit uh, all the challenges, uh, a strong financial performance in the quarter. As regards uh, volume development, truck deliveries uh, increased with 15% to 55,600 units and uh, resulting then, as I said, in uh, record truck deliveries for a quarter one in these uh, challenging times. 
For Volvo Construction Equipment, uh, the deliveries decreased with 33%, linked mainly, uh, number one, with very high comparison uh, versus last year uh, when China was on uh, very high levels. But Volvo Construction Equipment also had some impact from strained supply chains uh, in in the quarter, uh, mainly then in Europe uh, outside China. When it comes to... The demand for electric vehicles, uh, you see that we have uh, good momentum here. And what is interesting to see now also with uh, the strong movement uh, of science-based targets among our customers and our customers' customers, we see a very, very positive dynamic actually. Because when you're pledging that, you're also going through your different CO2 sources and you are doing your CO2 abatement curve. And what we see is that many sectors uh, and and segments, uh, geographies, and at the end of the day, customers are coming to the conclusion that they need to address transportation uh, and uh, construction activities, which, of course, is very positive. And uh, that is also building up a strong momentum for a a further acceleration of of this uh, trend here. And I'm proud to see uh, that all the Volvo Group business areas are actually having strong momentum now uh, in their uh, electric business lines. Uh, we continue, as you can see here, also to see a positive book to bill, both re- uh, really realized orders, but also when it comes to letter of intents, etc. And that the positive book to bill and growth rate uh, will uh, continue for many, many years to come here. The volume development uh, is encouraging since we are strongly focused uh, on keeping our leading position in these fields uh, that we are still, uh, or that we are having as we speak. Also when it comes to uh, service sales development, that is also linked with uh, the complete offering, not at least for electrification and automation also further on, but you need to have a strong, strong service platform. Uh, We see that uh, that is continuing also in a positive way. Strengthening our service business has been and will continue to be one of the key elements and a key priority for us. And we are continuing then to untap the service potential that we have in our installed fleet, but also with new contracts. Uh, Currently, uh, we do that on the back of a very high fleet utilization among our customers, but also structurally that we are continuing to have a wider adoption of service contracts uh, among our different business areas. Service sales is on an all-time high level of uh, 25.3 billion uh, and uh, the growth was, if we exclude then, uh, currency uh, 10%, which is of course very strong, where all business areas did show uh, good development. And this is as I've said many times before, so important for us for number one. We know that the higher service penetration is actually increasing the customer loyalty and retention. And number two, because that is continuing to, to build an even stronger uh, fin- financial resilience for the group. When it comes to the truck side uh, on the news, uh, despite the global turmoil, we continue to present uh, innovative news also during this quarter. In March, Renault Trucks uh, announced the expansion of their all-electric range uh, and start of sales in 2023 for two uh, truck models now for up to 44 ton. It is the Renault T e uh, for uh, regional transport and distribution, and it's uh, the Renault C E-Tech for construction activities. Also in March, uh, I'm proud to remind all of us uh, that we also uh, got a very important order for Volvo Trucks North America. They did win an order of 110 uh, Volvo VNR to to Maersk for their North American operation. And the deal adds to a previous order of 16 trucks here of the same model and marks actually the sign of the to date biggest single down order for uh, uh, fully electric trucks for, for Volvo trucks. And this is showing uh, maybe the most important here that the transformation in our customers' operation is now scaling up for real. As regards uh, track market forecast, 
Uh, we keep the forecast unchanged for North America and Europe at 300,000 units on the back of the fact that demand continues to be bigger than supply. Uh, so, so, of course, we have an upward pressure here, but uh, it will be, as we see it now, supply actually deciding the total market. At the same time, we also have the fact that there is a pent-up demand uh, after more than two years of supply shortages from the truck industry. The Brazilian forecast remains unchanged at the good level. Our forecast for India is uh, slightly increased to 325,000 on the back of a gradual recovery of the Indian uh, truck industry uh, or the truck market, where uh, we see that in China uh, the market forecast is uh, trimmed down with 100,000 units, a lower economic activity in general, but also the pre-buy effect before July 2021 has created overcapacity. Market forecasts uh, for all markets are uh, based on current visibility that continue to be low, and that is, of course, related to the significant uh, uncertainty that we see regarding supply chains, but also the ongoing pandemic and the war in Ukraine. Uh, when it comes to the truck oil intake, uh, we have been restrictive with the order slotting during the quarter in order to manage both the order book quality and the cost inflation. Despite this restrictive order intake, uh, we still have an order book that is higher than one year ago, even though that quarter one 2021 had a very high order intake of 80,000 units if you exclude uh, UD trucks. As a consequence, orders for uh, quarter one decreased with 45%. That can uh, look dramatic if you look at the single quarter. But the real reason is that we are restricted to book firm orders due to the long order board and also to ensure flexibility with pricing in this inflationary situation. The rather big decrease is also to be seen in the light of, as I said, an extraordinarily strong order intake in quarter one last year. However, as I already stated last report, the order intake is currently not a good indicator of the market activity going forward. It is rather the size of the order book, the fleet utilization among our customers, the used trucks business, the service business, and the customer finance activities. All these indicators are still on strong and really, really healthy levels, and thereby supporting the market forecast moving forward. Truck deliveries increased uh, with 17% on the back of really, really hard and dedicated work along our supply chains, both internally and externally. We are running our manufacturing system on a high level with extra flexibility, and we see that this is paying off in terms of volumes and also in positive market share developments in many markets. But of course, the main priority is to serve our customers and thereby create a strong rolling fleet for the future. In Europe, when it comes to market shares, we see that the new Volvo truck and Renault uh, truck ranges that were launched uh, last year are both very well received, and the combined market shares for Volvo trucks and Renault trucks was uh, impressive, almost 28%, which is a very strong performance by our brands. Also for the electric heavy-duty market share in Europe year-to-date, uh, we had a level of 55.1%, uh, versus last year's 65%, uh, and even if that is a decrease, now when more competitors also are ramping up, which is a good uh, sign, by the way, we still are holding a very, very strong position. In North America, Volvo had a relatively stable market share. Mac was down some 1.3 uh, percentage points linked with a strong ending of last year and thereby a limited pipeline of uh, trucks in the start of the year, but we have seen a gradual pickup later this quarter. In Brazil, we did see a strong start with a market share of almost 26%, and also in South Africa and Australia, we are regaining ground uh, and coming back to really, really good levels. When we move down to construction equipment, uh, some news here. Uh, we are continuing the rollout of the fully electric machines, now also launched in Asia, with uh, South Korea being first out with the compact excavators. We also introduced, uh, which is very important in the decarbonization journeys, uh, as I talked about, 
a new carbon reduction program, a new carbon reduction service supporting customers towards carbon neutrality. The CO2 reduction program is designed to be easily integrated into customers' plans and operations while maintaining also the same focus as before on profitability and productivity and is so far really well received. When it comes to the market forecast in general, uh, we, de- we do see a continued good demand for construction equipment with the exception then of China. Market forecasts are largely unchanged then. For North America uh, and South America, we are uh, not changing the forecast, so we are still uh, reiterating that the market will grow with a midpoint of 10%. And Europe uh, and Asia, uh, we are reiterating that the market will grow with uh, 5% as midpoint. Whereas for China, we are further taking down the market to minus 35%, which is a decrease of 10 percentage points in relation to the last report. And also here, of course, market forecasts are based on the current low visibility. Uh, When it comes to uh, orders and deliveries, uh, very much the same story as I've uh, talked around trucks. Uh, Restrictive order slotting to manage uh, the order book, quality and cost inflation. We have a very good uh, and high order book for markets uh, than outside China. Uh, and we have a situation similar to trucks, uh, and we really need to continue to manage this in a good way. So also here, uh, the same story. Uh, as a consequence, orders decreased with 42%, uh, as we are restricted to book firm orders. And the rather big decrease is also to be seen, as for trucks, in the light of a very strong quarter one last year, uh, that we are restrictive in general. But also, of course, here, uh, the rather sharp decrease in China, as well as uh, that has a bigger effect here, also cancellation of orders uh, into Russia. Uh, But again, uh, when it comes to the market activity signs, very, very similar to to trucks when it comes to uh, the utilization of machines among our customers, you did see the strong service business development indicating just that. We, we see it when it comes to the use development, customer finance activities, etc. So uh, all these indicators are still uh, strong and supporting the market forecasts moving forward. Deliveries decreased with 33%, mainly related to China, but also to, support chain, uh, to, to supply chain disturbances uh, in some other markets, mainly then related to Europe. When we come to buses, uh, orders up uh, with um, 146% from uh, low levels, while deliveries uh, decreased with uh, 2%. What we see now is that with the COVID restrictions that has been gradually lifted, uh, the confidence uh, among our customers are coming back from low levels. And we have seen that uh, trend for a while now when it comes to city bus uh, customers and transit bus customers. But we start to see the similar signs then again from low levels also when it comes to uh, our coach uh, customers, related also to the opening up of uh, tourism and intercity uh, operations. Uh, we see also this improvement uh, in the bus fleet utilization and in the service activities. In the quarter, Volvo buses received an important order of 566 BRT units to Santiago in Chile. For Volvo Penta, orders decreased with 1% and deliveries were up with 8%. We have also in this business area a broad-based and good demand across segments and regions, and daily focus here is to continue to increase deliveries to meet the strong order book. On the transformation agenda, uh, lots of things are happening also in Volvo Penta. And one example is that uh, Volvo Penta is conducting now uh, C-tests with advanced hybrid solution for Hurtigruten uh, and their Svalbard uh, new sightseeing vessel. And uh, start operation here in the beginning of May. Volvo Financial Services, finally... uh, As you know, uh, VFS has been very, very important and crucial part of our offering and our uh, whole uh, customer relation during the whole pandemic. 
but also what we start to see now is how important it will be also as an important lever for the transformation into new technologies and business models. We see lots of good progress in this area. We continue to see a consistent growth in the new retail financing volumes and again this is important since we know that the customer relations and retentions are improving when we have customer financing together. We also see a step-by-step and continuous improvement in finance penetration across business areas. And during the quarter, Volvo Financial Services launched also new services, among them Volvo Pay for Volvo Truck customers in select European market, where customers can easily approve and secure pay for services from anywhere, and that is a very, very convenient step for our customers. And the scope of these services and these payment solutions will gradually be expanded and the market rollout will continue. So by that, um, I end the business update and I leave over the word to, to you, Christer. Thank you, Martin. Thank you. Uh, that brings us uh, to the next speaker, our CFO, uh, Tina Hultqvist. Uh, she will take us uh, through the financial numbers. So, Tina, please go through the numbers. Thank you very much, Christer. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's a pleasure to meet all of you for the first time, especially so in a quarter where the group has a very strong performance, especially also considering the challenges that we've had in the quarter. Let's look a bit into the numbers, and starting with sales. We have a sales in the group of $105 billion in Q1. We have higher volumes and sales in uh, almost all markets, with the exception of Asia, where China is coming down from high levels last year. Service sales is also contributing well to basically all the regions uh, where we are selling our products. And it's actually so that service sales uh, is, best, is the best quarter that we have ever had in the Volvo Group in terms of service sales. Let's look into... Uh, the operating income, starting with then the adjusted operating income. We have an adjusted operating income in the quarter of 12.7 billion. This excludes then the provision that we have made for Russia of some 4 billion in the quarter. We have had substantial supply chain disturbances uh, and we are still impacted by COVID in the quarter. But thanks to a lot of work by many colleagues in the group, we have been able to deliver really high volumes in the quarter. We have uh, had a strong focus on price realization since somewhere mid last year when the inflation started to increase. This has really paid off and we have been able to offset all the material cost increases in the quarter. As we have been talking about in previous quarters, we are investing more money into new technologies and in our transformation journey, both in R&D in the group, but also in our joint venture, Cellcentric. Moving into the capitalization and amortization in the quarter, you can see that we have a somewhat positive impact of this, of around 700 million in Q1. This is an area where we usually guide uh, and we, from what we see right now, we think that the trend that we have in Q1 will continue uh, and we will have an impact, a positive impact of somewhere around 2 billion in the quarter. We also have a positive currency impact in Q1 of around 1.3 billion. This is also an area where we usually guide and we we, when we do the estimation right now, we think that we will have a positive currency transaction impact in the quarter of somewhere in the full year of somewhere around three to four billion. Looking into the cash flow, cash flow in Q1 is negative by some five billion. Q1 is usually a seasonally weak quarter for us. And then on top of that, we have a timing impact on the payments due to one extra payment day. Then, as a consequence of all the problems that we, ha we have had with the supply chain, uh, we are building up inventories of components and on semi-finished trucks and machines in the quarter. Then, in addition to that, we are also coming from low levels where we ended last year, building up the commercial inventories and the pipeline to the markets of finished 
trucks and machines. And then we are also partly suffering from uh, long lead times at our bodybuilders. Mentioning something also on capital expenditures, just as I mentioned on the R&D, we are continuing to invest in new technologies. This has an impact on the R&D, as I mentioned before, but also on capital expenditures coming from quite low levels in the last years. We are increasing this somewhat going forward, both in Q1 and for the rest of the year. It's difficult to predict where the supply chain is taking us, uh, but inventory management will continue to be a focused area for us. It has been in Q1, and it will continue also going forward. We have in Q1 had a solid financial position of some 60 billion. We have thereafter in April paid a dividend of 13 sec per share, amounting to 26 billion. But we will also, after having paid the dividend, remain with a strong financial position of some 35 billion. Moving into trucks, looking at trucks, uh, despite the, the production problems that we've had and the stop days that we have had in the quarter, still Q1 is a record high uh, quarter in terms of deliveries for, for group trucks. We have sales growth in all regions, uh, supported by higher markets, but also by improved market shares. And in addition to that, the underlying service business is growing well in all regions, uh, and we have a growth in the service business of around 10%, excluding currencies. We have a strong operating performance in trucks, uh, and we have a margin of 12.5%, including currency impacts, but excluding the provision that we've done for Russia in the quarter. We have proactively worked with price realization in group trucks, and we have managed to offset the material cost inflation in the quarter. Last year, the truck market in China was uh, very high, and we had strong performance from our joint venture, DFCV. This year, the truck market is down by roughly half, and even if we have been working a lot with cost reduction activities, uh, we are negatively impacted in the quarter by, from our joint venture in China, DFCV. Looking into construction equipment, also in construction equipment, we, have a, we are impacted by a significant drop in China. The market there is down around one-third, which impacts our operation in SDLG in the quarter. We are also in CE impacted by supply chain disturbances, and we have therefore uh, an impact on the deliveries also in the Volvo segment in the quarter. On the other hand, service sales is growing strong in VC in all markets, uh, with the exception of Asia. The lower volumes and the increased material cost, of course, impacts the performance in the quarter. We will, in construction equipment, just as in the rest of the group, continue focusing price realization as we move forward to offset the inflationary pressure. Despite the headwinds, construction equipment delivers a margin of 12.4% in Q1. Moving into buses. Buses continues to struggle with low demand, both in the city segment and in the coach segment. North America, with complete buses, is the market we, which we do see show some signs of picking up uh, from very low levels, though. We do see some signs of increased traffic, uh, which is supporting our service sales. Service sales is coming out strong in the quarter for buses, mainly driven by North America. But all in all, the business conditions for buses are difficult. Despite that, we managed to deliver uh, a result which is on break-even at these low, vo low volumes, thanks to uh, a strong work on the cost base within buses. This, if anything, will give us better possibilities to deliver leverage once the volumes are coming back. Looking at Penta, 
We have good, volumes, uh, good volume growth in Penta, both on engines and on services. Also, Penta has had challenges with the supply chain throughout the quarter and with the inflationary pressure. But even with the challenges, Penta manages to deliver a solid performance on par with last year. And then looking into financial services, uh, as you are already aware, we, we have press released that we made a provision uh, for our Russian credit portfolio of some 2.6 billion in the quarter. We have, excluding Russia, uh, a portfolio that is performing well, uh, with low write-offs and low delinquencies. We see a good truck freight environment, and we also see good construction activities across the board. We can see that our customers are performing well, and also our customers' customers are performing well. In the financial services business, we are, just as Martin mentioned, continuing to invest in new service offerings uh, in order to support our customers in the best way. And that is what we see in, uh, in terms of operating expenses in the quarter. By that, I hand over to you, Christer. Thank you for uh, good numbers, uh, Tina. And uh, Martin, how would you summarize the quarter? Thank you, Christer. Uh, no, I think the summary is about, uh, first and foremost, it has been a dual quarter. Of course, uh, continue to be complex uh, operating uh, conditions. Uh, it is emotionally difficult and a lot of hard work, uh, obviously, uh, not at least related to the priority of health and safety for our colleagues and, and uh, in and around Ukraine, uh, so continue to have uh, focus on that, but also very, very strong uh, financial and operational execution uh, in the quarter uh, from the whole group. And uh, what is very uh, important here is, of course, that we see a strong and solid uh, activity level among our customers. We see that through the utilization in the fleet. We see that uh, when it comes to our service business that are achieving also record volumes and record sales of uh, more than 25 billion. So uh, continue to work on that and then continue to, uh, to drive uh, the innovation agenda as well. Thank you, Martin. And uh, that uh, brings us uh, to the Q&A session. So uh, we would appreciate if you can limit your questions to, uh, to two. And uh, with that, we are ready, operator, for the first question. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question for the speakers, please press zero one on your telephone keypad. The first question comes from Tom Narayan from RBC. Please go ahead. Hi, yes, Tom Narayan, RBC. Uh, thanks for taking the questions. Um, the first one, the uh, Q1 2022 uh, North America and Europe truck registrations were relatively consistent with the uh, year ago quarter, Q121. Uh, their guidance is, you know, only calling for about 8 to 10 percent growth for 22. Obviously, you call that pent-up demand and supply issues. Really, the supply issues is the culprit, not demand, so, so appreciate that. But if we're trying to quantify the impact of these supply issues, in, in a perfect world, uh, with all this demand and with no uh, supply constraints, what would your Europe and North America market uh, total be? Presumably, it'd be a lot higher than the 300,000 uh, for each. So that's my first one. And then on these uh, supply issues, just hoping you could give a little color on specifics there. Uh, what's the biggest hurdle? Is it just still mostly semis, raw mats, logistics? energy, just a little more color on the supply issues, uh, if you could. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for those questions. Uh, yes, indeed. I mean, as we have uh, stated now for a couple of uh, quarters, when it comes to the total markets, uh, it's, it's actually decided by, uh, by um, the supply uh, abilities uh, that we see in the industry and related also to your second question. 
then obviously we can always uh, talk about uh, then we can always talk about uh, what should the total market look like if we didn't have that. But if we go back in time and see uh, where markets peaking in a very strong momentum that we see now, uh, it, it is of course uh, considerably north of that. Is that 10 or 20 percent? We can speculate. But but I think the more important now is to say okay, it is. Uh, focus on uh, a very strong order book. Uh, that's the reason also why we have been restricted with the order intake in order to moderate this. And the reason again is that uh, uh, this is our best uh, guess uh, given the visibility that we see right now. Uh, what are the different factors for that then? Uh, I think you are absolutely right. It is, uh, so to speak, the, uh, the same type of of um, shortages or, or constraints that we see, um, unbalances in the logistics system, and not at least also with uh, uh, the lockdowns in China now recently has continued to, uh, uh, to, to propel that unbalance in uh, not at least the deep sea uh, logistic transport. Uh, we see uh, specific uh, flows of, of semiconductors and electronics, but we should understand that, I mean, in a normal truck, depending on if it's a fully electric or if it's an ICE truck, you have somewhere between 1,600 up to maybe three and a half, four thousand 4,000 semiconductors. So it's really a game where we are working uh, supply chain by supply chain, uh, all the, the tier systems through, etc. <clears throat> and... Um, and then also in other parts of the world, North America, for example, we have seen also other type of input materials. Uh, but, but I think in that context, you need to take a step back and say, uh, in these conditions, uh, group trucks delivered 55,600 trucks, which is a record volume uh, for a quarter one, showing also that we have the methodologies and uh, uh, the organization and the competence to work with it internally, but also together with our supply chain partners, and we will continue to drive it like that. Okay, and is there any visibility on SEMI's um, recovery in H2, or is that still just more more of a hope, or is there actual kind of, are suppliers telling you that? No, no, but I, but I think you're right that there is, of course, a gradual built-out of capacities uh, when it comes to CMIs. You have seen those announcements, and I mean, as time goes by, we will see a gradual, so to speak, uh, increase in, in, in CMIs. Uh, what, what we have to ha- keep in mind is that there's a very thorough job to work through also what nodes are expanded, how do you actually follow with your own product definition, etc. That work is uh, going very well, I, uh, I had to say. We have also reinforced our relation not only with the Tier 1, but also Tier 2 and Tier 3 that are sitting on a lot of important competence and intelligence and capacities around this. Um, but, but also, uh, I have to say that uh, I think we will see uh, somewhat a shift also when it comes to, uh, because semiconductors, as we all know by this now, are used in all different types of segments and uh, on the consumer side, on the B2B side, etc. Uh, but but I, I think there are reasons to believe that, that in some areas might be a little bit of a lower demand that will actually uh, be beneficial for us also. But it will be a lot of hard work also moving forward. That's the reason why we are guiding, keeping the ambition on high volumes up, um, thanks to the strong order book that we have, uh, and uh, and um, uh, thereby, if we don't see disturbances, then we have not pushed uh, the limit enough, actually. We are pri- prioritizing customers here. We are keeping a good balance. Delivering 12.5% operating margin on the truck group is, I think, um, a sign of strength. Thank you. Quick order. Uh, thank you. Then we take the next question. Thank you. The next question comes from Klaus Berglind from City. Please go ahead. Um, thank you. Hi, hi, Martin and Tina, Klaus at City. So a couple of questions, please. Uh, first, on the on the production levels into the second quarter, you you stopped production earlier than other OEMs last year by around four weeks. I think you had two stop weeks now in the first quarter. I'm trying to think of the net effect year over year into the second. I know it's very fluid at the moment, but do you think you need to add even more stop days, Martin, now quarter on quarter because of supply chain disturbances coming out of China, in, any impact at all from, from Russia, Ukraine? Let's start here. Uh, thank you, uh, Klaus. Uh, 
Uh, I mean, we are not guiding specifically for, for uh, I mean, what we anticipate in, comes, uh, in terms of disturbances, uh, basically because we don't uh, yet know that. Uh, we are uh, running very close to the limits, obviously, as I said, and keeping a high flexibility. And I think it's important to, to have in mind that it's both an effect of actually stop days in ordinary planning that we uh, partly are catching up during uh, weekends and others, and that's the reason why we have that uh, extra flexibility and maneuverability, and Tina talked about the uh, somewhat extra cost that we have related to that. Uh, so two weeks, uh, or a couple of weeks, as we said, it has been sort of the level now for a couple of quarters. Will it be exactly like that in quarter two? I will not guide around that, but what we say is that the ambition is continue to uh, to push uh, the boundaries because we have a very strong order book. We have customers that uh, w- would like to have uh, would like to have uh, their equipment. Uh, what we see so far uh, when it comes to the capacity constraints and the supply chain uh, constraints is not related to uh, the situation in, in Russia. It's more related to uh, what we heard, what, what I discussed before when it comes to the, the different uh, uh, categories of uh, supply constraints. Okay, um, thank you. My, my, my second one is on, on pricing. We met with, with Diner recently in North America who told us the, the carriers preferred one big price increase start of the year for them to be able to manage their, their own commitments better. But I sense your pricing margin has been more gradual month by month. I'm trying to understand how much of this price increase, which was really impressive, came through from hikes you did in the second half relative to ongoing price hikes month by month on orders you were already working on. That would be very helpful. Absolutely. Maybe, Tina, I don't know if you would like to uh, start commenting on the pricing. Yes, we have worked a lot with, uh, with uh, realizing price since uh, mid-last year. We have done uh, several price increases, both on vehicles and parts. We will continue to do so also going forward in order to offset the inflationary pressure, and we will do uh, what we think we need to do in order to offset all the impacts that we see going forward. And maybe to add to what uh, what um, uh, what Tina said here, I, what I feel is also that we have, um, uh, I mean, a very good methodology now. Uh, that's the reason also why we have been restricted with the order slotting, actually, because, I mean, in this way, you need, to your point, also to be close to the customers, uh, to have a transparent dialogue with them. And in our book, it's not uh, one size fits all that we do uh, at this point in time or at that point in time. We need to have a transparent way of working with the price realization, uh, even if that is, of course, always uh, followed by discussions, etc., with our customers. Everyone understands that with, so to speak, the the pressure we have on input material, logistics, etc., we need to realize prices are, and to do that in, in, a, in a way where uh, it's understandable, but we are also following, and, uh, and uh, in many cases also that I'm very glad to see in the regions and the business areas being uh, slightly ahead of the curve also. So uh, uh, work well done, but work uh, to, that needs to be uh, continued. Very helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Klaus. And that uh, brings us uh, to the next question. Thank you. The next question comes from Hampus Engelau from Handelsbanken. Please go ahead. Thank you very much. Uh, two questions from me. Uh, of course, we can see that the orders were impacted by, by your restrictions on, on taking orders. But my question is maybe on uh, looking at current lead times and the run rate that you have managed to achieve during the quarter with the record sales, etc. Current levels, at what time do you think that you would start to maybe accelerate ordering again? Uh, is it like second half this year or is it even further out into to 2023? That's my first question. Uh, second question is, is relating to, to, to pricing. I'm sorry for coming back on this. Uh, would it be possible to put it to maybe quantify pricing cases, even if it has been a gradual process? We, we've seen prices from, from some OEMs being up 5 8%. And, and also, if you could quantify that, you have actually managed to raise prices on placed orders. Thanks. <clears throat> yeah, uh, thank you, Hampus. Uh, maybe I can start then uh, on um, uh, on the orders. Uh, and and um, uh, I talked about, so to speak, our strategy around this. But but maybe it could be helpful also to take a step back and, and uh, think about what has happened you over the last uh, almost two years now. 
as all of you remember, I mean, uh, we had uh, the initial shock of the pandemic uh, meant uh, rather uh, uh, extensive uh, stops in quarter two, uh, partly in quarter one, but mainly in quarter two, uh, 2020. Uh, at the same time, what we did then, uh, if you remember, that was that we also actually really uh, 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 cleaned the order board together with dealers and customers and started from much lower levels again because we wanted to really make sure that we had the right quality when uh, we, if and when at that time uh, the order uh, recovery should uh, start. Then we did see that come uh, rather earlier than later, as you remember, in quarter 3 2020. And if we take quarter 3 2020 up to quarter 1 2022, seven quarters, uh, the matter of the fact is that the net order intake has been 440,000 uh, units uh, for group trucks. Uh, and deliveries have been 340,000, give and take. And that is a delta of 100,000. That are, uh, since it's net, including cancellations, into the order board. And that means that we now are sitting on a two and a half, depending on the markets, at least uh, quarters, because we didn't start from zero, obviously, in, in quarter three. And that needs to be managed now, and it should be not smart to continue just to fill it up, and thereby not be possible to manage, I mean, as we have talked about, uh, the quality of the water board and the cost inflation. And, and uh, you can even take, I mean, quarter one last year, it was 80,000 in order intake. And, I mean, if we take now the record volumes in deliveries, it's 55,600. Uh, so, so I think that is, should be given everyone comfort that uh, the order intake as an isolated quarterly figure is just not a good indicator. It is what you see over the quarters, and it is what you see in the market activities. And, and that will also steer when we will actually, as you say, uh, gradually accelerate again. Uh, and, and I think we have reasons to, to come back and be transparent with all of you. How does that look like? Uh, if that is in second half or in beginning of next year, let's see. The more important is how does the activity level looks out in the market and how is the audible quality. And that brings me to the next question. And that's the reason why we have also been working together with our customers. We have a very, very good view on the order board. And in some cases also uh, for placed orders, uh, we have had the conversations that we need to, to do something about it. Uh, and, and it has been working really well. So, so I should say that also the audible quality in regard uh, of, of pricing is, uh, is working well, and the methodology, methodology includes obviously also the order board. I don't know if you would like to add something to it, uh, Tina. Or... No, I think it's a quite complete answer. Yeah. We, we are, of course, observing this a lot, and we have done quite significant price increases, but we will continue to do so as much as we feel that we need to do. And, and also, I think uh, e- even in a market like this, you have, I mean, two reasons for, for the price, uh, price realization. Now, of course, with the, with, with the cost pressure that we see, but, but we should also be clear about that we are continuously doing a lot of inno- innovation and revealing uh, uh, new models, etc. That is the value-based part of it. And then you have, as you said, uh, the, the uh, one or two times per year price realization with, with customers. Generally speaking, maybe maybe just to add one thing on that, if you take, I mean, Tina was into it, I mean, average, uh, that could be good, (laughs) that could be good in in, in a quarterly report. I mean, we are on par or slightly ahead of, of the curve. Then obviously we are watching this very granular market by market, region by region, segment by segment. Thank you, Hampus. Thank you. Then we're ready for the next question. Thank you. The next question comes from Nikolai Kemp from Deutsche Bank. Please go ahead. Yeah, good morning. Uh, it's Nikolai Kemp speaking from Deutsche Bank. My question would be a bit on the service business. Um, we appreciate that it's growing, but it's also a reflection that there are older trucks in the market and you're driving the older trucks longer or the customers. And could this swing back next year when there are more new trucks in the market? Thank you, Nikolai. Very good question. Uh, and you are right. Obviously, there are several factors why the, why the service business are actually on good levels. Um, uh, one factor is, to your point, the high truck utilization. 
and 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 thereby I mean uh, uh, high need for uh, support and services uh, number one. But what we should say about that normally when uh, the vehicle fleet uh, is aging. Uh, uh, vehicles are more and more falling off the cliff when it comes to captive services but we are working to your point very actively on that uh, now uh, given the supply chain constraints there is a pent up demand on, on the new truck and that's the reason why it's so important to continue to focus on getting the volumes up when we have this high market but one factor uh, the vehicle utilization among our customers good news because they have a lot to do good news because it's uh, good for our service business Other important factor is the structural and very consistent work we have been doing also when it comes to the service contracts in different shapes and forms. Everything from maintenance contracts all the way up to full-fledged repair and and maintenance uh, contracts and even uptime contracts. So so both when it comes to the penetration uh, as such, but also to the wider adoption of service contracts, meaning more content per contract. So... um, Both factors are are playing in now. But having said that also, with uh, continuous uh, good deliveries into the market, uh, beyond warranty periods, etc., it would be a lot of good opportunities when it comes to the service business moving forward here. Understood, thanks. And my second question is a bit more long-term. So welcome, Tina Hulkers. Great to have you on board. Um, Given that Volvo is currently the benchmark in the truck sector in terms of profitability, um, what would you change going forward? Uh, what would I change? Of course, I will <laughs> try to contribute to, to everything that is going on. Uh, of course, uh, what is extra exciting for me is to be a part of the transformation journey, maybe a once-in-a-century opportunity to contribute to. And then it is, of course, all the daily topics that we are working with, and we have touched upon it here. It's the price realization it's managing uh, parts uh, that is going on in the supply chain. And it is also the more long-term, uh, long-term topics, of course, to, to continue building a good financial position that makes us uh, being able to finance everything going on with new technologies and to continue acting from a position of strength uh, in that journey going forward. And I have to say also, yeah, and Nicola, I have to say also, I mean, uh, it's important to, and, and I know that you know it, but also to everyone that is listening in that Tina has been extremely instrumental to our uh, great journey that we have, have had over the last couple of many years, actually, with your career in different uh, parts of the organization. So continue to build on that and to, to utilize all, the, all, all that platform will be super important for us. So looking forward to continuous great work together. Uh, thank you, Nikolai. And then we are ready for the next question. Thank you. The next question comes from Michael Jacks from Bank of America. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my questions. Um, my first question, Martin, you mentioned that uh, you mentioned some truck market health indicators outside of order intake that you use to forecast demand. Um, freight rate and capacity utilization in North America have started to decline in the spot market since the beginning of April, indicating that perhaps your customers are not doing as well as what they were for the first three months of the year. Um, I know this is quite a recent development, and I know it's early days in Q2, um, but in general, does this typically lead to higher cancellations or drop-off in order intake? Um, So maybe just how you think about that. And then secondly, just with regards to volumes, at the 2021 earnings call, you expected truck deliveries in 2022 to improve sequentially from quarter to quarter. Um, Is this still the case, given the strong Q1 performance? Thank you. Yeah, first and foremost, uh, thank you, Michael. Uh, uh, yes, we have also followed and seen uh, early signs of, of these uh, indicators, uh, early days to say if it, it will be consistent, etc. So, so I think we need to wait a little bit because also with the geopolitical turmoil, it could be some, uh, I mean, uh, initial effects, but, but to be followed, to your point. Uh, so far, we have not seen any signs in our uh, order activities or in our... Uh, prospect uh, or discussions so so uh, and I think that is related to the fact also it has been um, uh, an undersupply now for quite many years uh, both in Europe and North America so so uh, in order to even if the market 
or the end market, uh, the truck utilization will decrease. It will still be a supporting demand uh, for, for, the, for the aging of the vehicle. That is how we see it. But, but to be followed as always. And that's the reason also why it is, it is so important to have the leading indicators of truck utilization, <clears throat> of course, on the on the use business, the service business, the customer financing activities, but everything of that is still uh, uh, showing uh, strong and healthy signs, and we are, of course, also working very close with our customers. Uh, on the on the second, I mean, of course, uh, we have seen uh, during the first quarter uh, 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 sequential improvement. Uh, let's see now, uh, I mean, what that will bring when it comes to the total market. We have also been gaining market share, we should remember here. Uh, not at least in Europe, actually, during quarter one. Uh, so, so let's see what that will actually bring when it comes to, um, uh, uh, when it comes to the uh, total market. I mean, for the time being, we are guiding, as we have said, of, a, of an unchanged market, but uh, still early days, of course, in, 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 in uh, 2022 here. Uh, and uh, what we have guided is that demand is still higher, and it is supply that is, the, uh, is putting the pace. Thank you. Thank you. Then we take the uh, next question. The next question comes from Miguel Borrega from BNP Paribas Exan. Please go ahead. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Um, I've got two questions. The first one, just a follow-up on, on truck pricing. Can you help us understand how you're thinking about uh, the new pricing increase? You mentioned there's one or two times a year uh, price increases, we've heard OEMs are going back to their order backlogs and renegotiating a surcharge. So can you provide some color on how much of the Q1 invoice deliveries already have a new price increase and how much more, if any, is there to come in Q2? And is this kind of a, a one-off surcharge that you're seeing in 2022, or do you think pricing could be sustainable at these levels going forward. And then my second question is on working capital. You talked about a buildup of inventory, but really the delta is from last year comes from the outflow in trade payables. I think you mentioned an extra payment. Can you help us understand what happened there? Thank you. Yes. Yeah, would you like to start or? Yes, maybe I can start. Uh, when it comes to the pricing, I think we, we have done regularly pricing updates uh, since we started to see the inflationary pressure. And we will, of course, continue to do that. We will try to adjust as much as we can as we move forward. It's not regulated in certain specific timings throughout, throughout the year, but we are following the trend uh, and trying to offset uh, all the inflationary pressure that is coming. Uh, and to the extent it's needed, it will continue, that focus will continue also going forward in 2022 and beyond. And then a comment on uh, the working capital. Yes, we, we do have uh, an impact on the payments from one extra payment day in Q1. Uh, and that is amounting to somewhere between six to seven billion. Uh, but Q1 is also a seasonally weak quarter for us when it comes to cash flows. So we have seen this trend. Also, irrespective of the payment day, we have had this trend also historically that we come out a little bit weaker in terms of cash flow in Q1. And maybe just to add on it also when it comes to uh, the inventory build-up, I think it's important to understand that during a pretty long period of time now, we have had a very, very low uh, downstream pipeline of the finished uh, products that uh, to some extent has been, I mean, uh, of course, a hassle also for our uh, dealers, etc., that would like to have somewhat more planning horizon. So, so one, now when we are gradually building up this uh, step by step, which is a good sign, uh, then of course we are continuing to backfill also with the material. We have, uh, Tina said it well in the, I mean, very clearly in the, in the presentation also. I mean, this is a high priority now in order to also execute on the order book, but we have good control over uh, the pipeline. Thank you. And then uh, we have time for uh, another question. Thank you. The next question comes from Daniela Costa from Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Hi. Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking it. It's actually like two quick follow-ups. One was um, one of my questions on, was on the cash, but more 
um, understand the explanations for 1Q, but as we think about the rest of the year, uh, which continues to be a year with, with um, the strange supply chain situation, and I guess you would want to restock parts, should we think about 2022 as perhaps a, a lower cash conversion year, or do you think like that you recover from the 1Q towards the, the, the back end of this year? Um, that's question one. The second follow-up I wanted to do was understand all your commentary regarding demand still remaining strong and what's happening on the orders. If you, when you look at sort of the inquiries that you had for orders in in, in one queue, if you had been unconstrained, can you give us an idea on how much orders would have been maybe up year on year um, or um, yeah, any color there? Thank you. Maybe I should start with yeah. uh, with the cash flow then. Uh, we have a cash flow uh, in the group, which is uh, varying uh, in the different quarters, uh, and so will be the case also this year. Uh, it is very hard to predict where the su- supply chain uh, challenges are taking us. It's very hard to see where, where that is going and what that means in terms of inventories. But as I mentioned before, we will continue working uh, a lot with the inventories and with the inventory management. We have done that already in Q1, but that will continue throughout the year. Usually, though, we are uh, having a stronger second half or Q4 uh, of the year. So if that is an indicator, that's the same, I think, also for for this year. What is important to remember also in, uh, in addition to the working capital development is that we are investing a bit more in, in our transformation activities and in, in uh, the new technologies, and that will to some extent also have an impact in the cash flows for this year. Yeah, and maybe then to comment on uh, on the order intake again. Uh, first and foremost, I think what what is important to mention here, as I said, uh, to see it in an isolated form one quarter is uh, not a good indicator now where you don't have the balance in the system. Uh, so that's the reason why I uh, put, so to speak, also a little bit of perspective uh, since uh, uh, quarter three, uh, 2020. And again, coming back to the figure that we have there, a delta of 100,000 uh, on the truck side to, to, to be delivered. And, and then, of course, if we should have had uh, the, the full order board open uh, in a quarter one now, it should have been considerably higher due to the fact also that customers, given this uh, inflationary uh, situation, also would like both uh, to hedge themselves, etc. So, so uh, I don't think it's uh, meaningful to speculate. It's more meaningful to, to actually uh, see reality how it is now, that uh, the order book is on uh, high levels, but I should say also on healthy levels when it comes to the quality and how we can manage to Tina's point also the cost inflation and thereby also realizing prices. And, and we see again that all indicators that are important are, are still, uh, are still uh, also on, on strong and good levels, and we follow that. But what is also important is that we are continuing to untap also the service potential, and that is building strong resilience for the group also moving forward here. So uh, all in all, I think, uh, good control over the, the different aspects here. That just one add on to what Tina said about the cash flow. Obviously, now when we have had an inventory uh, increase for, for quite some time, there is, of course, also a limit to that, how much is meaningful to have in, in the pipeline. And that is, to, to Tina's point, something that we are working uh, very actively uh, with also, uh, if you think about, so to speak, cash flow uh, going forward here. Thank you. Thank you, Daniela. And then we have time for the final question. Thank you. The next question comes from Bjorn Enersen from Danske Bank. Please go ahead. Yes, thank you. Uh, if you can talk a little bit about the, the uh, lead times in the, in the different regions, are there regions that are standing out in any perspective? And then also, second, I'd like to come back to the noise we've heard from uh, North America on uh, Freight availability and perhaps the performance of your, your customers have weakened a, a, a little, little bit. How sensitive are you, your data on uh, when you're saying that you see that activity is still very strong in also in, in the U.S. market? Yeah, it, it is, I guess, a little bit of a concern or I'm just uh, too worried. Thank you. 
No, I mean, uh, thank you Björn. Uh, no, first and foremost, I think uh, actually when it comes to the lead times, North America, if anything, is uh, sticking out a little bit. And there we have been working very actively with our dealers and customers. Two reasons. First and foremost, because we have had a very strong order intake uh, previous quarters, as, as you have seen. Uh, we have been uh, forced now to, to really manage and be restrictive in the order slotting uh, for two reasons, as I said. We know that uh, North America is always a little bit higher in volatility if you're not managing that uh, order board in a good way. And, and secondly, because it has just been uh, too long and, and, and again then uh, to have the right order book quality. So it has been North America, and that's the reason why it is, as we, uh, we got that question also previously, very important to follow it. And, of course, we have also seen that there are certain early trends about this. Uh, we should also know that it has been an under-delivery into North American market when it comes to equipment for quite some time. Then we are not naive. We have been living through this, and we have a very high and good flexibility into the system. We had a strong uh, use business with Arrow, so we can also follow how uh, things are developing very quickly on, on the used side. So, uh, as always, uh, in our type of industry, reason to uh, follow it very closely and come back to it. But if there should be, so to speak... Uh, a situation of a weakening market that will come any point in time. We are prepared for that and, and uh, also that we have a very strong captive service business now that uh, will also support that. So when that will come, uh, we will be well prepared for that as well. At least it will solve the sourcing issues. Um, okay, thank you. Absolutely. And that could be one part of solving the sourcing issues, by the way. Thank you, Björn, and that exactly. <laughs> absolutely that uh, finalizes the uh, Q&A. Then I have only one more important uh, message, and that is that uh, please join us for the Capital Market Day on the 22nd of June, either here in Gothenburg or on the web. So with that, thank you very much for uh, watching. Take care. Bye.